0: you from the city of roses this is the broadcast by last professionals and for last professionals thank you so much for tuning in today we have blaze lloyd from last chivo coming on our podcast and i'm we're really honored to have her because she is really a go-getter she's one of these upcoming stars in our industry she's literally like my kids ages <laughs> And it's, uh, she has so much knowledge and wisdom already at her young age. She's doing so much. She's amazing, guys. She has her own salon. She has a product line. And we sit down and just talk about her last journey, like where she came from, why she got in the lashes, and, and what she's been doing, and how she's been doing it, and how she's balancing it all. And for all of you out there who are thinking, well, I can't do this, or I'm not sure if I can do that, I hope you'll find her as an inspiration to say, Noah, I think you can. I mean, if you put your mind to it, and you just sit down, and you you plant, make plans, and you stick to those plans, amazing things happen, and Blaze is a great example of that, and we're really excited to have her on for you to hear her story, and how she has gotten to where she is at such a young age. But before we get into that, guys, as always, we have announcements, and the last Sheets are here, guys, the first ever Lash Business Awards, and basically the deadline's coming up fast, September 3rd, so you do not want to delay any more. Go to our link in our show notes or a link on our Instagram page and sign up and fill out the application today. It will take a little bit of time, maybe one, two hours. It's not going to be a big process, but you do need to give yourself a little bit of time. Go in there, and there's five categories. So you want to look at each one of these categories and pick one or pick all. Pick Better to enter all, guys. Better chances of winning. But that said, over, the best overcoming story, the best customer service, best use of technology – best client retention referral programs, and the best salon design. So maybe you're strong in one and not in the other. That's okay. You don't have to win all. You don't have to enter all. You can pick the ones that you feel you are best at. And by the way, this is the best year to enter. I assure you that this will be the smallest amount of entries they have. We're still hoping for a couple hundred. But I said, I think as this grows in the years to come, it could be in the thousands, and it'll get a lot harder. So you really want to give you the best shot at winning. This is the year to go. So I hope uh, we will see you go there to those links and sign up today. Also, we still have LashCon tickets, guys, available. You want to get those. And basically, I promise you, if anything happens with LashCon, we're going to just convert this into... A virtual event. And when we do that, guys, we will give you a refund of, I don't well be, but enough to where the ticket's going to be like $3, dollars do not worry about it. We'll take care of you. And the vir- virtual event is going to be amazing. We did it last year, guys, and it was awesome. We had about 400 people show up, and we got so much from it. But God willing, if things continue as they are, which things have been improving, we should be green light and good to go for a live event this november and you'll be good so you want to get your tickets now get your hotel room because the hotel's almost sold out and then we'll see you in november also we have our last retention styling course with testing that's going to be in vegas september 18th through the 19th and we have a second class that we just added that's going to be in austin texas with shelby at lash boss radio that's october 16th and the 17th so you want to go to the link in our bio and sign up for those classes today before they sell out all right Guys, that's all I have for announcements. Now we're gonna sit down and uh, we get to hear Blaze share her story and how she got to where she's at with lascivo I'm sure you're gonna get a lot from it. Hey, everyone. Paul here in the LashCast studios, along with my beautiful wife, Tessany. Hey, guys. Hey there. And we also have Blaze Lloyd from Lash Evo with us. Welcome to the show, Blaze.
1: Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so excited. It's actually pretty crazy because I was listening to your guys' podcast when I was just a Lash artist starting my business a couple years ago. Oh, wow crazy to a couple of years later and now be on here and helping to share my knowledge and education with people. So thank you again so much.
0: Oh, you bet. No, it's it's an honor to have you in our show. In fact, I think the first time I really heard about, actually, I think I ran across you just on Instagram by just following people, but then Really, it was Lost Artistry kind of brought it to our attention. It's like, you got to be checking out this person. She is doing something special up here as a, a fellow Canadian and uh, making some noise. And so I went ahead and said, oh, ah, yeah, I'll go check it out. And I, just, I went and followed your page and was like, yeah, yeah. The wow. thing that really stood out was like, okay, she must be at least 30, 35 years old, a lot of life experience and all this stuff. And then I found out, I think at the time I first saw you, it was like, you were 19. I was like, what?
2: A dynamo. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So everyone, you know, we, it's never too early to start. Let's just say that you can really, if you're driven, if you're motivated and you don't care, I mean, that's the one that is like, okay, she's, I mean, already we will get into this, but you're not just doing lashes. You're doing trainings and products and all sorts of exciting stuff. So well, let's, talk very, very, about cool. yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So first let's find out how you got into beauty and how you got into lashes. But I think that's always, I think the most, you know, where's your background and all that.
1: My story is a lot like other people. I got lash extensions for my 16th birthday. Absolutely loved them. Felt amazing. Liked how they felt. But even more into it, I was just... Blown away that I paid this person $120 for two hours of their time, and I just thought that would be so cool if I could be in high school making that kind of money doing all my (laughs) lashes. I worked at other jobs, and in every job, I always got in trouble for talking too much. So I was like, This would be so cool that I could get paid to talk to people. Yes, perfect. So I was super excited about it, and I had I think like two thousand dollars saved up for my first car, and so I came came home and I was talking to my parents about it. I'm like, I think I really want to do this lash thing. They had no idea what lash extensions were. They we were very confused, but I looked into it more, looked into some courses and Whenever I have an idea in my head, it's like, I got to do it. I cannot stop thinking about it. So that was me started doing my research and then ended up taking the money that I had saved up for a car and doing my first lash course. So that was how I kind of got started. When I did my first lash course, I was terrible at eyelash
2: extensions, yeah, probably totally the worst yeah. one in my
1: class, but
2: <laughs> Join the club. I did
1: every single person's lashes that I knew. And, um, Then I was able to kind of build up my clientele and go from there, but that's kind of a little bit about how I got started into it.
0: That's really
2: cool. That's so cool. I remember having my little savings. So I'd saved about uh, $2,000, you know, for my first car. And I just imagine you're like, okay, I can either have my car or I can invest in my future. You know, there must've had some anxiety about that.
1: It was a hard decision. Very, very hard. But I was like, I have 2,000 now. If I play this the right way, this could be 4,000 or Mm 6,000 or 10,000 or 20,000. And that whole idea just amazed me. And it was also really hard to be in high school and have jobs. So I was like, this could be perfect because I could work around my school hours and uh, basically get to hang out with friends all day and get paid for it. So it was a win win in all aspects as far as I was
2: concerned. That's so cool. How fast, I mean, how how long did it take you to save up that money to get the car? It was my life savings.
1: Like <laughs> <laughs> All my birthday money from a kid, yeah. Christmas money, my little bit of weekends at Superstore. It was all the money that I had. But looking back on it, at the time, I was like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. I wish my parents would help me out. But now I'm so grateful for that because that really taught me that you know, it gave me that motivation. Like this is my own money that I'm investing and I will do whatever it takes to make that money back because that was my life savings. And I think if, if someone would have paid for it for me, it would have been so easy to be like, ah, eh, I wasn't very good at this. Let's move on. So I'm honestly pretty thankful for it now.
0: Yeah. The struggle cool. is always good. The struggle makes you better, makes mm-hmm. you, stronger. Make you stronger. I mean, they always talk about the metaphor where they show it's like actually metaphor. It's actually true with a butterfly. If you take a butterfly, it's in a cocoon and you, cut it open and make it easy for the butterfly to come out. Actually it dies. No, it, can't it won't ever fly. It, it, it can't just fly. crawls on the ground. Yeah. It can't fly because it's it the str- needs It's the
2: struggle str- of pushing out through that crack that forces the blood into the wings. Yeah. Makes it
0: gets them. I don't know if they have muscles, but whatever it is that allows those wings to spread out so they can fly. So they need that struggle. And I think in human, our normal life like that, that's great. Kudos <laughs> to your parents. You know, your parents are probably like our age. So <laughs> we're like, it's not like great parents. <laughs> we just found out by the way, our oldest daughter is, Actually, older than Blaze. So, <laughs> our youngest <laughs> daughter is older than Blaze, which is kind of funny. So, real quick, let's uh, go back and talk about your journey with lashes, because obviously you you were attracted, you got into it, and then you, it's not like you just kind of decided to go do lashes. You're doing a little bit more. Maybe you just share a little bit of your journey from lashes, and then all these other new things that you've been doing over the last couple of years. It looks like.
1: Yeah, so started off lashing and I was really really thankful that I was able to build my clientele up within like 6 months. And I know that that doesn't happen for anyone. It is pretty unrealistic, but for me, I was in the most perfect position because I was in high school and so I did a couple of my friends lashes in high school and I just started doing all of the high school girls lashes, you know, when you're in high school, like I don't have a circle of four friends. I have a circle of like 200 friends. Mm -hmm. So I did my whole grades lashes and then I did the grade nines and then the grade 11s. And then I did all of their friends at the other school. And so I was really lucky that I was able to build up my clientele super fast. And so once I got to that point, I was like, okay, this is something really good. I'm really good at lashes. Now. I thought I was really good at lashes at the time, (laughs) but I was picking it up. And I was like, I need to do something more with this. Like, I have a really good opportunity here. So, that's when I started looking into a salon. So, I just started looking into it. What are the costs involved? How am I going to do this? And I started doing that. And the first thing I wanted to do was find a realtor just to figure out how much money, you know, these things cost. So, I did that, started looking around and kind of got a budget in mind. And then I just started working nonstop to be able to save up for the place mm. because everything needed renovation. All the spaces I was going into, I wanted to renovate and needed money for that. Of course, being 17, I didn't have access to loans. I didn't even have a credit card. I wasn't allowed a credit card you know, through bank. Okay. So everything <laughs> I did, I had to pay for in cash. So that was a huge challenge working with contractors and being like, can I pay you 5,000 in cash? They're like, what? But <laughs> it worked out. So yeah, went with realtors, found a space that I really, really liked. And it was out of my budget. And so I kind of just left it and was like, it's not meant to be. And then two weeks later, she called me and she's like, Hey, you're going to be super pumped they were asking, I think, $17 a square foot. I said, I wouldn't do anything more than 14. And she called me and said, they're gonna do it for $13 a square foot. You got the place. Wow. So I was completely blown away and I'm like, what? Like, I forgot about this. I wasn't even sure this was gonna happen, but sweet. So it was super fast. Like I started looking and all of a sudden it's like, here you go, here's your space. So from there, we just started renovating. I found people and it was like, everything really fell into my hands. I even while I was working at home, I had people frequently reach out and say like, I would love to work for you. They were lash artists and they said, if you ever opened up a space, please call me. I would die to work for you. So it was good that I had all those contacts Mm. in the background. I had been searching for people and trying to line up all those things. And then we got the space and renovated it, got everyone in there and went with that. And I was super happy. Of course, there's always mishaps and things that come up. Overall, it went really well And then from there, I was like, okay, that was a big stepping stone. What else can I do? You know, this can't be the end. So I kind of looked into either going with the franchise route or going with the product line. And when I weighed between the two, I'm like franchise for me just seems really, really hard. It's really hard to keep the quality there. And of course, that's what I'm all about. So I kind of started looking into the product side of things. And as soon as I started looking into it, I just felt this huge amount of passion come up again and lots of excitement because it was something new. And I felt like I had so much more creativity and all the rest of that. So that's when I started diving into that. And then a year after I started looking into it was when we officially launched Lashy Vote. So uh, that was last, we officially started Lashivo last May. So now we have wow. been here for it, a year. In
0: the pandemic, you decided to start last brand.
1: <laughs> I actually was super upset about it when we first launched because yeah. the second we launched, it was pandemic. And now looking back on it again, so happy about it because I don't know if we would have been able to keep the salon without Lash Evo. Like, mm. although it sucked that we opened in a pandemic, it still gave me a lot of revenue that I could use to keep Fabulash open yeah. and all the other things. So it sucked, but I'm like, thank goodness everything lined up at the right time. And I did have that.
0: That's great. No, sometimes things are just fortuitous. This kind of happened to fall in place and all that. Now for you, obviously going out and it sounds like you, so... You opened your salon when you were 17. Was that it? And, and then, that's
2: called Fabulash. Yes.
0: So did you struggle? I mean, at 17, it's got to be a little awkward walking into a realtor or even anywhere saying, hey, I want to open my own store. I imagine you don't get a lot of 17-year-olds walking in. Where did the, kind of the bravery come from? Is that something that it's just always been you? You're that type of person that just goes out there in front of the line and takes shots? Or, or is this something that you just uh, did something out of the ordinary that wasn't something you normally would do?
1: when I want something, it's all I can focus on. So it was like, it was very uncomfortable. I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm like, I want nothing more than this space. And I will do whatever it takes to open up the first lash studio in Regina, because in my city, we don't have just an exclusive lash studio. Like we have salons that offer lashes, but I really wanted an exclusive lash studio. So I mean, no one in in my family like really is a business owner. My grandma is a business owner, but she does serving. So it's totally different. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know much, but I was just like, let me find some contacts. So I kind of just started reaching out to anyone who was a business owner saying, what are your thoughts on this? And when I told my realtor my age, she definitely didn't take me seriously and was like, oh my God, kid wants to open up a studio. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, like, here's my numbers. Here's what I got for you. Here's my SWOT analysis. Here's my entire business plan. That's a 100 pages long. Here's my bank account. Here's my statement. You can't really argue with that. So even though it was awkward, I'm like, you know, I have all this stuff lined up. So either take it or leave it. But this is a lot of money I could give you in rent. So it's always a little bit weird at the beginning when I tell people my age, because I feel like they immediately don't take me as serious, but it kind of excites me a bit because it's like, this is my chance to really prove them wrong and be like, Kate, I know you think I'm young, but like, let me show you what I can do. And that, I don't know, proving
2: people wrong excites me as as bad as that is. It's kind of like a fire under your butt. It's like, I'll show you. Yes. Yeah.
0: Tessa's had that times. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah. You, you get her saying she can't do it. I mean, i if I say you can't do that, like we're coming with, cause she's the idea person. She's always like, we can do this. And I say, well, you can't do this. Say, well, <laughs> oh yeah. Well then I'll just do it myself. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just,
1: yeah.
0: But yeah, I obviously you have to have that drive and you have to be willing to believe in yourself. And I think that's why you said earlier, I think for a lot of people, they're always looking for excuses why you can't do stuff. And oh, I'm too young. or I don't have enough money. And you had probably both those. You didn't probably have a ton of money and you didn't have a lot of obviously experience in life, but you had passion and Often, that's all you need is that passion to say, I'm going to fight. I will do whatever it is to prove you that I can get this done. And if it means working crazy hours, it sounds like, and working your butt off and winning people over to your side, then I think there's nothing that can be more attractive, actually, to someone who's investing or looking for someone to believe in is someone who has passion in what they do.
2: But she also did her homework. You did everything that you needed to do. You had a business plan. You had That's your, impressive. You,
0: know, you had a 100-page business plan. That's crazy.
2: You had everything lined up so that when somebody said what about this you had something to you know you did your homework i
1: took it seriously i went on every blog i could ever find about how to start a business and i'm like okay you need this you need that i'm going to have every piece of paper lined up so that no one can say no because if they say no as soon as they give the reason i need something to back myself up And just like you guys said, you know, there's always excuses as to I can't do this because it's not the right time or I don't have the time or I don't have this. I don't have the money or the funds. But when you want something bad enough, you'll find a way to make it happen. You just got to tell yourself, like, I can do this and then just start building up the blocks. What do you need to get there and slowly picking away at all those things and you'll reach it. Yeah.
0: I think this is probably, I would bet you for the real, there was a big thing because most people don't have business plans. Even some people I know who are super experienced in business, they don't have business plans. They have an idea. They get, Oh yeah, I know what mission is. I have my goals or I have my values. I I know my (laughs) why all the typical stuff that everyone knows now, but man, most people don't take the time Cause hundred pages wasn't written obviously like in one night, unless you wrote in crayon and big block letters or something, but it was something you had to take a lot of time to do. And if I saw someone walk in my door, who's a young kid, who's like, Hey, I want to do a business. Look at what I've done. I'm like, okay, this is not your typical kid. This is someone who's actually serious and driven. Uh, and I can imagine that, again, that's just another one of those things that showed that you were beyond your years. As far as age, you were already thinking like a regular business person would be thinking. So that's really cool to see that. And I'm sure for, hopefully some people have been thinking, maybe this will be the time for you to finally take that step. And if you can do it at 17 with no money or anything, you can do it at 25 or 35 or 85, I guess, if you want.
1: Really, <laughs> so, I business plans are important. I know a lot of people don't use them and they can be tedious, but they're that really good reference. Like you look back and it's like, Hey, what was my goal? What are my strengths? What are my opportunities? What are my weaknesses? What are potential threats? Like outlining all those things. is really good. Cause I find things get, you know, jumbled up in your head really easy and it's hard to come up with ideas, but when it's all down on a piece of paper, it's solidified, you know, it's there. And it's so nice to reference back. Like I still use mine all the time wow. to kind of look different things. And I often will also do like reports. So I'll put in all my monthly reports and be like, okay, this month I did really good. What lined up that made that so good? Can I replicate that? Because sometimes you forget what you're doing or what sales or promotions or what's changing. So having that all referenced, I find is super, super helpful.
0: Now, did you learn the business thing? Did you take any course online courses or do you just kind of read books or you just kind of, like you said, read blogs and then learned that way?
1: Yeah. Blogs, YouTube, podcasts. I'm also part of an entrepreneur group here in Regina. And so I'm a part of that. And they also have lots of resources. So I'll often use that to mm. whatever I can find,
2: honestly. That's great. See, knowing your numbers and knowing how the business works and being able to like read a PL, profit and loss, like you said, going back to figure out what made that month successful, what made that month not so good it's training for you to know how to track your numbers and how to watch your business and and see it grow. It's like fine tuning it. And knowing that stuff puts you head and shoulders above a lot of your competition, because that's something as lash artists that we lag in. It's one of the things that it took us a while to learn. We didn't know it at first and not until um, after we'd been in business for a couple of years, did we realize, oh my gosh, and we were sinking. Yeah. You know, we, we
0: we're super busy but not making money. Yeah,
2: we're like how is it possible? <laughs> we didn't know. And so not until we started tracking those things and looking at them like in a broad scope just like you talked about were we able to realize and attribute actions to the numbers, you know, and say, "Oh, we did really well this month because we had a lot of new customers this month or we had a lot more repeats, you know, so you could double down on the things that make sense and make you money and and skip the things that don't." Yeah.
1: I always tell people like being a good lash artist is great. And that's one piece of the puzzle, but being a good business person is like the complete other side of the business that you have to know. You have to know how to run your business and your numbers. Like I've seen lash artists who, in my opinion, don't have very good work, but they are so successful because they know how to run their business. And unfortunately vice versa. I've seen lash artists that I think have killer skill And they can't build up a clientele because they just don't have those fundamental skills. Yeah.
0: If you're going to pick a team or a company to win, the one that knows how to do marketing and sales and actually understands the operations of a business will kill anyone. Who's a great artist and has no idea how the market and sell or do any of that. It just doesn't matter. It's, uh, you can be the best in the world. In fact, I'm sure there are. In fact, I run into people over the years who are bitter. They're like, I've been lashing for 8, 10 years, 15 years, and my business still is nowhere where it should be. And it's like, well, are you taking the time to learn some of the other skills that aren't requiring lashing? Like, learning how to market yourself better, learning how to do sales. Like how do you close a deal? A lot of people have no idea. You get a call, you get a text and they say, how much is your price? And you just answer the phone going, Oh, it's a uh, $300. And Thank then the, you. thanks. And hang up. And the person hanging up like that's not sales guys. That's just sharing a number that I assure you, they're just going to go call the next place. Cause now you're just beat competing on price and you'll never win that fight. I mean, there's always gonna be someone cheaper than you. So good for you. Now, For you, obviously you built a salon, not just to work for yourself. So you must have hired staff, right? When you first started, what, 17 or 18? Is that when you started hiring? Yes. And did that, was that again, another scary hurdle for you to get over? Because hiring is not something you just walk into with knowledge or your main people actually do do that, but it can be very painful doing that. How did you approach hiring and who you hired and all that?
1: It was hard, especially because I was so protective over my business. I'm like, I know how to do this skill and I want everyone to do the exact same thing. And I was so worried that people working for me would not be able to be exactly who I am, which they still aren't and they, and they never will be exactly me. But they're all super, super talented now and can all do amazing lashes. But it was also a little bit tricky because right off the bat, I hired six lash artists. So instead wow. of just training one, of course, I thought no, we're not going to just hire one. We need six. Yeah. I, of course. Yes. <laughs> so that was tricky. But just like anything, I put training first. So I spent lots of time training them. And then we also brought in three other people to come. Uh, P Slash came. Oh. Susie Lash Pro came. We had a bunch of people come and train them because, I can share all my knowledge, but I think it's also different when you have other people come in Mm -hmm. and share their tips and tricks because everyone's different and everyone learns differently, which is why I always encourage people to take different lash courses. So training was huge. Also making sure that I knew their intentions. So really trying to figure out like, do you see yourself being here long term, all those things. And I guess the most important thing that I did was put a contract into place, Mm -hmm. which I'm pretty sure I actually got from your guys's podcast. (laughs) I I think so. But uh, a, a contract is a must, I think, for everyone. It just really helps. I think both parties feel more secure because for me, it was like, I have no problem spending seven full days with you nonstop training you, but I don't yeah. want you to take all that education from me and then go work from home. Yeah. So I made them sign the contract. We were really clear on these are my expectations. This is what I expect from you. If you give me 110%, I will give you 110% and do everything in my power to help you build up a clientele. And I mean, I overall have been so lucky with the girls that I work with. I, have not even really had one really bad employee. So I am so wow. thankful.
0: Yeah. That's good a miracle.
2: for
1: you. It's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And we're all like the same age. So you'd think there'd be some cattiness, but honestly, we're all really good friends. My parents joke all the time. Cause I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to have a sleepover with one of the girls. And they're like, you're having a sleepover with your employees? I don't think you can do that. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. I don't know what to tell you. We're friends. I'm going to have a sleepover with my employees, okay? Yeah, that so, wouldn't work with me and my own no, no,
0: employees. No, no, I'm like, no, hey, I'm going to go uh, over no. with my employees, Tess. I'll see you tomorrow. I and think like- that you're in a <laughs> real unique place.
2: Yeah. And you are in a unique setting uh, with unique relationships. And that there's something very special about what you're doing.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone, that's for sure. But we just have a really, really good like respect structure. And so we know that when we're hanging out, we're hanging out as friends. But when we enter the salon, it's business. And they understand that when I ask something, I'm not going to ask you to do something because I want to be a jerk. It's because things need to get done. And I, I found that it really does change things because they understand that. I care about them on a personal level. And so I'm not going to get them to do something that I don't think has value or has purpose. And so it really does work out surprisingly. I don't know how it does, but it does. And I'm I'm so grateful for those relationships.
0: Are you good with um, difficult conversations? Mean like when someone is not doing what you had hoped. hope, are you good at sit, come sit down with them and say, Hey, you know what? We're missing the mark here
1: at the beginning. No, it was so awkward. Didn't want to have those conversations, but like anything, the more you do it, the better it goes, the easier it is. And so the first conversation that I had to have with them was really awkward. But when I was having the conversation, I just said like, I don't want to have to have this conversation, but I'm upset right now. And I don't think it's fair for you to continue working here and me, you know, feeling upset and not coming Mm. to you. And so I just kind of said that right away and explained, like, this is bothering me. Can we maybe fix this? And We frequently also do reports, so I'll bring them in and say, like, I love that you're doing this. I do think we can improve here. And then I ask for feedback myself and say, okay, what am I doing great lately? What am I lacking on? Because you know, as a leader, you have to also be able to take criticism Mm -hmm. and understand that you're not always 100% perfect. And because I'm running so many different aspects of the business, it is easy for me to, you know, let something slide and be like, Oh, crap, I forgot to do this. And that's affecting you. So we really regularly check in to make sure that everyone's outcomes are met, and that no one's feeling like they're getting the short end of the stick.
0: There's a few things there that are really notable. I think first that you actually meet with you regularly and actually looks like because of a contract, you already have an agreement between you says, this is what I hope from you. This, this is what I expect from you. And if you don't, I'm going to have to bring it up and talk about and say, wait, why did we sign this? if we're not going to fall through on our commitments, right? So it gives you at least permission to, to, to speak into it and share that. I think that those two things, having almost those written out and also being able to meet with people and do that, it's great. Because I think most beauty professionals I know, including us, especially in the early years, man, do we dread or avoid those difficult conversations to your own detriment, to your own company's pain and suffering, because people actually want you to deal with these things. They want you to fix it. And I think also the other thing that was really impressive is that humble spirit you have, which I now realize why people are probably still working with you is because you're willing to you're take open. the feedback. You're willing to be talked to about where you're weak and all that. And that, yeah, that's not, t- that's not easy for a lot of leaders. A lot of leaders think that they have to be perfect and they have to have everything worked out and, and they're not going to be able because to ever if show not
2: Why would anyone follow them? And yeah. so they come with this attitude. That's like, you can't touch me. So for you to wrap yourself in humility and ask, well, Hey, what can I be doing better? And listen, I mean, that's even harder. So good for you.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I mean,
2: that's the reason that out of, so we will now be at Fabulash
1: for two years now and I've only had one girl quit. Every single other person has been with me since day one. And the one girl who quit was actually just her back was really sore. And so she ended up changing profession, uh, yeah. but technically, like I have never really had someone quit from the lash studio and continue doing lashes. And You know, I don't think it's because I'm all high and mighty, but I do think it's because we have that respect and they realize that I am here for their best interest. I want the best for them and I'm not perfect. And I'm willing to also learn so that we can continue to grow together because that's what we are. We are a team. It's not just me. It's us. And we have to make sure that everyone feels good and motivated because if I'm just the only one feeling that way, everything fails. But if the whole team is excited and motivated and wants to work between the same goal, Man, crazy things can happen.
2: I have to tell you, it is a miracle.
0: Yeah. And it means It touches <laughs> like man. It is
2: it, it means that you are doing
0: something. I, I think it's a sleepovers. I just think every business should have sleepovers from now on. I think you just start with that, work with us and we'll do sleepovers and we're all going to be a family. It's going to be fun. So <laughs> yes, yeah, my
1: advice to everyone. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you want to be careful especially if you're a guy. In <laughs> so, California. Yes. In California. Yeah, that's it. Now I One of the things as I was going back and I was reading, I didn't realize that you were featured on Lash Affair on their story uh, a while back as the artist of the month or something like that, which I'm sure was felt pretty excited to be featured that. And one of the things is that it says that you got quickly booked and you mentioned that earlier too, like six months and boom, you're fully booked. Have you gone back and really thought through like, what was it? Why did you feel like you built your book so quickly? Because you're right, not all people see their books fill up within a few months. I mean, some people it takes a year, two years, and there's no shade on them. I mean, there's many different factors, but was it you feel like that you did to help bring in clients so quickly?
1: Yeah, so first thing was definitely my circle of friends. 200 people is a circle of friends, great. But for other people, I mean, the main thing I did is I got my hands on any person's eyes I could. Like if it was my mom's friend's coworker, I was reaching out to them. Like I would literally DM everyone on Instagram that I could possibly think of, and I would get them in my chair. It didn't offer super cheap pricing, even right off the beginning, I set my prices for what I wanted them to be in a year. So I never did like a $50 full set. Instead, I think I started off at $120. And then what I would do is be like, hey, my prices are 120. But since I know you, I'll do them for 50% off if you just come. And so that for me worked super, super good, because everyone was like 50% off because you know me is sweet. I'm there. And I mean, I don't know if I always recommend doing 50% off, but when you're brand new, the biggest thing you need to do is get lashing and do whatever it can take. And it doesn't always have to be cutting the industry. Like at least I was priced at 120. And so what happened is I had a lot of people booking in for 50% off when I'd reach out, but then the odd time their friends would actually reach out and be like, Hey, can I book in? And they would pay full price. So that I think was, was kind of my secret sauce of what really worked. And also putting my business on every site. Like I was on Facebook, Instagram, Facebook marketplace. I think I even had an ad on Kijiji. I <laughs> got one person off Kijiji. Yeah. They were kind of weird, yeah. but it was a customer in my chair that was paying me. And that was good yeah. enough for me at that time. Yeah. So, great. so I, so great. I really just did whatever I could to get someone, whether it meant getting them off Kijiji or garage sale or whatever place I could yeah. find someone.
0: Something that, again, very notable, which I don't hear a lot of people doing is going out and DMing everyone, being aggressive in the sense like going out proactive. and being proactive because I think a lot of people they want to start their business, they, want, they want to sit to in their room and then go, I'm posting pretty pictures on Instagram, and then everyone's gonna start calling and me and no one calls because you're not doing anything. And you need to just go out and shake trees, you got to go out and kiss babies, and shake hands, and meet people. And social media has made it easier than ever now to connect with a lot of people quickly without having to actually walk door to door. So that's I think really and notable
1: Biggest thing is referral. Yeah. Like Instagram's great. Don't get me wrong. Love Instagram. So is Facebook. But I still think that almost every business will still tell you that the number one mm. way they get clients is through referrals. Easily. So the more people you can get in your chair, they have a circle of friends who they're going to tell. And then those people are going to tell their circle and it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But you do have to get those people in your chair and get them talking about you. Yeah. And once you do that, you're golden.
0: Yeah. No, it is. It's referral was always our, I think 80% of our clients came from referral. I would check in once in a while and ask, how do you find us? How do you find us? Always referral, referral, referral. I mean, some people would find us through weird things like you said. They <laughs> like, are like, wow, we ran a little ad on this one weird thing and got a client, but it was never, that was never the steady stream. The steady stream came from us just doing great work and really getting people excited about what we're doing. And like you said, I think for a lot of people starting out and you hear this all the time, Oh, don't discount. Don't do anything. Just start charging your worth. But when you're new, but you don't have a lot of worth when you're new. <laughs> so no,
2: you don't really know what you're doing. You're yeah. learning as you're doing. You just need a body to practice. You on. need to
0: practice. So that's more important than you making money. And I love how you said you set your prices and then you give them a discount. So that at least people know in their minds, like that's this is price. not cheap. It's yeah. not cheap. At one point, Maybe I'm getting a good deal today, but I know if I'm going to keep going, I'm going to have to pay full price and that's I okay. I love that
2: approach. Yeah. That was a really, really good tip for people.
0: So for you, then you have the salon going and all that, and you decide, obviously, oh, start this product line. How do you run about doing this now? Because this is not something that, I mean, unless you, I don't know if you're really good at delegating or if you are one of these people that's just like, I work every day of the week because I just love working. How do you do it now have a product line, a salon? Are you lashing to yourself still or you're not lashing anymore?
1: I am, but very, very part-time. I only do a couple of clients. I probably made my clientele down to like 75%, cut it down, so I only have a couple of clients. I still... Love lashing. But for me, I don't feel like it's necessarily my calling anymore. All the girls at the lash studio can do just as great of work. They're amazing. But what they can't do is do the business strategy. They can't help me scale my business. They don't know, you know, the other side of things. So although it was really hard and I had to take a pay cut because that was where most of my money was. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had to look back and go, okay, going to have to cut down some expenses, pull back while I make this transition until going, you know, full time with Lashy evo and, uh, you know, take that risk and and do that. So now I lash a little bit, mostly just Lashy evo and teaching too. Teaching has been slower because of COVID, but I still do most things by myself. I do have a girl that uh, helps me like kind of my my right hand girl who helps me with a lot of it. Getting better at delegating because I do think it's super important. But it's hard to find those key people. I've hired multiple people and I'm like, they're just not at. That, that spot that I, I'm wanting them to be with. And as much as I want to help them grow, sometimes there's areas that you're like, I can't help you. I just need someone that is at that A level to help me do this. So that's something that I've been focusing on this year. And in the recent months, also looking into, you know, hiring out more people, finding people in those areas that I'm not strong in so that I can have this really well-balanced circle of people that are really good in the areas I'm not and then focusing on the areas
0: I am. Yeah, obviously if you get bigger... I mean, everyone I, I mean, I know in the bigger companies from Kim and Court, I mean, they don't do everything. At one point they did a lot of stuff, but they've all had a niche down into where their strengths are. And each of them is finding where they really are best. Like Kim realized quickly, she's not a CEO. So she stepped down from the CEO, brought someone else in to run the company so that she could help be the face and help develop products and and be more creative and do that type of stuff. So yeah, I'm sure as you go- (laughs) But that's hard, right? How do you hire? How do you build two people? Because you know what you love. You know what you have. I think lashing was maybe, I know for us, lashing was easy to find people that come in and lash and train them to do what you do. But to find other areas can be a struggle for a lot of people.
1: It really is. But I think everyone, you know, you kind of know what you're drawn to and, and what you're best at. And once you can really focus on those areas, that's when your business starts to flourish. So it can be hard, but... Kind of like you just know short term pain where I got to kind of pull away from the other things, go here and for long term gain. Yeah.
0: Now, do you have a roadmap now? Obviously, had the business plan originally to get the salon. But do you have a roadmap now for Laschievo like you've sat down and kind of plotted out what you hope to see and your benchmarks and your goals and all that?
1: I do. I mean, I'm still definitely working on it now. I feel like there's so many aspects of things that we can do. Like the possibilities are endless, which really excites me because I did feel kind of constrained with our last studio. I didn't feel like there was much room. Whereas with last Uvo it's like every night I'm like on my notes being like, I can do this. I can do this. I can go here. I should think about this. So the short answer is I have a big notes thing in my phone <laughs> of everything that I'm going to do. Can't share a lot of it right now, but the main thing that I want to focus on is innovation. I know everyone always talks about that, Mm -hmm. but now that we're finally in a spot where Lashivo is continually making good revenue every month, I can, you know, use more money of that to really work on innovative products because that's what I do want to focus on. And it's hard right at the beginning because to actually engineer a product is so expensive, super, super expensive. And it's kind of hard because I feel like everyone always says like, Oh, I'm so tired of lash brands that aren't innovative, but it's not that easy. Like it is thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars. It's not as easy as just coming with, up with an idea and sending it to a manufacturer and getting them to make it. Yeah. So that's what I want to focus on. We actually created my first ever product, fully made, invented by me. Hey. Um, <laughs> engineered. And so now I'm really ex- really excited that in a couple months we'll be able to actually put that into production and uh, go with that. So that's what I'm focusing on for right now and uh, trainings too, hopefully in a new
2: year.
0: The second half yes. of the year, the non-COVID year. How about that?
2: <laughs> so Blaze is one of our sponsors for LashCon. Yes. And what kind of products will we see?
1: Lashes, adhesive, tweezers, tweezer stands, accessories. This product I'm pretty sure we'll be able to bring to LashCon, so that will be
2: super, super exciting. Um, What else? What would you say is the problem that you're solving with your product line? And can you describe um, I – we've seen it, but I want you to describe the aesthetic of your brand.
1: Okay, the aesthetic is very – kind of like peachy tones, light pink, but still bold. That was what mm-hmm. I was kind of going with, like bold, feminine vibes con- combined. Mm-hmm. So that is the vibe. Uh, what was the second part of but the, the question, question?
2: What problem are you solving? Yeah, what
0: problem are you solving? Yeah.
1: Oh, Our, the problem that we were solving is I wanted a full range of eyelash extensions was the first thing because I found that a lot of the ranges did not have um, short enough lashes was yes. the one thing mm-hmm. I find a lot of them stopped at eight. So we have six and then I'm
2: hoping to have four with, with it. <gasps>
0: wow, you're speaking oh. her language now. <laughs> I
2: buy, I buy the lashes of fours in, in bulk just because I can't find them anywhere else. And I'm always cutting. Or you, you buy sixes. I mean, do you buy sixes. And no, you cut six, them six, shorter, no, I do yeah. have fours in oh, yeah. it, but they're in bulk. Anyway. Oh, okay. I love short lashes. Love them.
0: Yeah.
2: Everyone yes. else should love them too, because they're so versatile. So you have those.
1: Yes, not yet,
2: but they're going to be in the new
1: collection very soon. Those I'm super excited for. The lashes themselves, we actually are bringing this new collection really soon. And we changed up the manufacturing process a little bit. And now these lashes actually get dyed three times. So most lashes only get dyed once. And so we were working with our manufacturer. And now these ones get dyed three times. So I'm super excited because they are like ultra, ultra, ultra
2: dark black. Love. Which is it.
0: often a big complaint they're I like hear from people is that they're just blue. not blue. Yeah, they're not quite you know, black. Or yeah. they're just
2: like I don't know. Yeah, like you can barely see them. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I've been super excited about
1: that. And uh that was the main focus was the lashes that we were trying to solve problems with. And then of course, making sure that our tweezers have like the super big pickup spot so that you don't have to have like, you know, four little lashes in the center and all those other things. But now that we finally have like the reoccurring revenue stream, things are going good. I'm really excited for what the next couple months will hold when we can like really start to unleash our creativity.
0: And it sounds like you're doing what's most smart business people I know do is when you make money, You don't go spend it. You actually reinvest it back in the company and continue to realize this is not a time to celebrate and be going on expensive vacations. This is a time to keep growing the business. Kind of like choosing between a car. And the business, which one's going to make you money five business years? from now? Well, it would be, the, be definitely the money in the business, not the, or the training, right? Not the, the car.
1: <laughs> it's hard because you see it and you want to touch it. But for me, I'm like, oh, this is just such short term pain for, for all the things that we can create. And that's kind of one of the struggles right now where I'm at, because I'm like, oh, I want to hire on so many people. And I would love to move to a really big space for Lash Evo. But I'm like, if I do that, we can't really put all these products into manufacturing. We can't get them started. Started. And I would way rather just try and stay small right now and keep our team small and keep our space small for the time being so that we can reinvest all that money into the company before moving into just a really pretty space as much as I want. it.
0: Yeah. Aesthetics is something that I think we're all attracted to, but we have to be careful because it could be the undoing too. I know another pretty well-known trainer she shared with us and it was amazing how much sacrifice I mean, she when she was deciding to launch her brand, she literally like practically lived on someone's couch. I forget, It was like she moved to a small apartment. Apartment, yeah. She
2: had didn't have a laundry machine anymore. She gave made, up everything. Yeah, I, I mean, don't even think
0: she. I think she didn't have a car. if she, I remember Yeah, right. she
2: didn't have a car. She she, uh, her, she made her partner do some odd job that, yeah, you know, just they didn't to help like. pay the bills. Yeah,
0: and just did everything because all the point was at that point was to build a company, and build a grind. The name invest in the name, invest in the company, get the products, get everything worked out. And then, you know, five years later, all of a sudden her company's doing great and they can, she's do a lot of things that she couldn't afford to five years ago, but now can, but yeah, it's just that patience, right? It's that long-term thinking you need.
1: Totally. And product lines are expensive. Everyone thinks, Oh, you know, I'll just go find some random person. You know, one of those manufacturers that DMs me, I'm sure all lashes are the same. I'll just slap my logo on it. Can't be that hard. Like it is not anything close to that. It is so much harder, so much more expensive, even just to build up, you know, inventory, like in our new collection of lashes, we have like 30,000 trays of lashes, like it is so expensive yeah. to be able to bring that much in. And the issue is if you don't, you're out of stock and people stop buying from They're you, which else. is where we kind of struggled for a bit yeah. because our products were doing amazing flying off the shelves, but you know, we, we were always out of stock. And so that's when I kind of pulled back from the other projects and said, okay, people really like our lashes. They really like our glue, like everything we're selling. Let's just hold on on everything else, get tons of inventory in. So no one has to worry about being out of stock and then move forward with some of the other things.
0: Yeah. And it takes a lot of uh, money for inventory. That's a thing people will realize is how much money gets sucked into a place that you don't get anything from it. It's just sitting there like on shelves, like you have shelves of stacks of dollar bills or hundred dollar bills doing nothing right now. And, you know, thankfully it sounds like you guys are making momentum and selling and getting the money back, but it's tough. The inventory stuff is not easy. And that's a, a whole new learning curve, I'm sure for you, right? Not anything like writing a salon, but doing inventory and back stock and all that type of stuff.
2: I have one more question before we wrap it up. Yeah. Um, can you, can you tell us about the name Lashivo? Yeah.
1: Yes. I wish I had a really great story for you. But the short end is that- I don't actually have an amazing name or amazing reason. I was in Miami. I was doing one of Lena's lash maker courses. I did the trainer course Mm -hmm. with her and I was there and everyone was speaking Spanish. I didn't understand a word. Like when I would go out after being with her, I didn't understand a word, but I kind of just started picking up random words like. I'd hear. And I think I heard someone say, like they were talking about going down to this really high fashion mall and they said "fashive," And I think it was something in the translation or the way it sounded. And I was like, kind of a cool name. So then I went back to my hotel. And when I, when I created Lashivo, the number one thing I wanted was for it to be only one word. I wanted it to kind of have lash in it or something similar so that people would still know what it was but be something unique because with fabulash there are so many people with the name it's not original and I was like, with this business, I want it so that if you Google our name, nothing's going to show up. If you hear the word, like you're never going to be confused. No one's ever going to come close to it. Like it is 100% original. And I thought that that also is setting the tone for our business. Like if I'm going to come out here and say, we're trying to make these original products and be creative and be innovative, I have to start with first the name and the brand itself. So heard the word fashive, and then I started going and just writing down like, hey, fashiv Maybe Lashiv, that, that could maybe be cool. Well, what if I added an extra I? And I kind of just started playing around with the word until I made up Lashivo, which was just a completely random word. And I went with it, but I started thinking, I'm like, you know, it doesn't actually have to be a word. Like what's a Spotify? What's a you know, a Cadbury chocolate. I don't know what a Cadbury is. Like, you know, there's all these big brand names and they aren't anything, but that's how they're recognizable. Because when you hear the name, you only think of one thing. I
2: really wanted something where if you hear it, you know, it's only, it's only my business. Absolutely. You know, what I see in it, when I say it, it's La Shivo. I picked out the Shiva part. And even though it's not Shiva, it's got Shivo in it. So it kind of it made me think of like kind of a Zen place because Shiva is like an Indian goddess. goddess right. That, yeah. But it's not, it's so it's, it's reminiscent of that. So it's kind of like in some ways on a high, a different plane. So you like, should have
0: Shiva on her logo, you think? No, no, no. <laughs> no I'm
2: not saying that. I'm just saying that that's, the it's got that Zen did. kind of vibe to it. So anyway, that's kind of what it does for me. Like think we're on a higher plane or something like know.
0: that. You know? Yeah.
2: I love,
1: look at you helping me build
2: my
0: That's brain. right. There Gosh. we go. <laughs> Though, yeah. <laughs> One other thing too, since we—I don't think we mentioned this earlier about your name being Blaze. I think we talked just before we started recording. That is there I, a story? I, is there a story or people? I, you you tell us what people like, usually do when name? they meet you. Again,
1: I don't have an amazing answer. I wish I could say something. Yeah. uh Everyone always that my parents are hippies and like smoke a lot of weed they don't that's not them <laughs> that's, that's
0: why i assumed but okay <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: my real name my parents i was born in october so the story i got was that they looked around and all of the colors of the leaves were oranges and red and that reminded them Aww. of a blaze so they named me blaze autumn oh, so that's that so is sweet name. That is really sweet name. that's a great story it's a great story Man, it's better kidding?
0: than like dad you know was drunk and he just said hey blaze we're calling her blaze and then when he passed out you know that would not be a very inspiring story but blaze autumn so your middle name's autumn obviously so yes. that's really cool. Well, thank you. That's really neat. I wish I had My name's Paul, which means small, which is like kind of sad, but oh well. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, and Tusney, we don't know what your name means, do we?
2: Yes, we do. It's a Thai name. I know that. It, but... it means like it's the scene of a valley and it's the scene of a nice view.
0: Oh, okay. That's
2: right. I love that. Yeah. I think your name is so pretty. Thank
1: you. I hated I, it as a kid. Yeah, but,
0: she did. Fact, when know. I met her, yeah.
1: I wanted to change my name as a kid to Ruth. Did you really? <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so
0: oh no thank goodness you did because <laughs> truth is now you know like with your name Les you want a blaze House no one special. knows
2: nobody else's else else there's blaze. one blaze
0: in the lash industry which and makes you, you stand out all the more so that's pretty cool well
2: it's a fitting name it's for, yeah. you know unique person you are going places my dear and it's been a pleasure to have you on our show
0: yes yeah, so thank you so much blaze <laughs> no, and my- uh it's been a pleasure where can people find you or see you online
2: at Lashivo on
1: Instagram. You can email us at hello at Lashivo.com if there's any questions or anything. But we're mostly just on Instagram. Awesome. And Lashivo has two eyes.
0: Yeah, two, I's, yes. two yes.
1: eyes, yes. And make
0: sure you guys like this wasn't planned this way. I mean, just I think we booked this in before you became a sponsor for our podcast. But I want to give a big shout out because our sponsors, guys, for LashCon are what make it possible. They pay a little more money to be there. And because of that, it really makes it possible for us to have lower ticket prices for everyone. But they're not just doing that out of favor to me. They're doing that because they want to connect with you guys and get their products in your guys' hands. And so Blaze will be there with her booth. Gotta um, check her out. And you gotta, you gotta come by and see her and buy. Just come ready at Lashcon with thousands of dollars in your pockets because truth is you $2,000
2: $2, that you were saving up to yeah, buy your car. Exactly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Save that 2000 and come buy products from like Blaze and other people because truth is you're going to get your best prices there just like you would at a trade show. And you're going to meet some really cool stuff and Blaze will have some new products, it sounds like, too. So it'll be a good chance to try some new things. The short lashes. I'm
1: so excited. It's going to be our first ever conference that we're sponsoring. So I am extra pumped. Yeah,
0: we're, no, gonna have we're so much fun, Blaze. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, we, we're aiming for 500 minimum there. Maybe you know, as high as 600. It's going to be insane. Get to dress and, up. Yeah, we're going to have all sorts of have parties. Have sleepovers. And, yeah. yeah, sleepovers. <laughs> Was in one giant hotel <laughs> there's a connection there's a theme going on today yes, all right, right well thanks so much blaze it's been a pleasure having you on our podcast today
1: thank you guys again
0: that's a wrap guys that's all we have thank you so much for tuning in I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at LashCastPodcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Monkey, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Blaze, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.